Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Burns and Gambo starts now. Straight up to the claw. On this Monday afternoon, good afternoon, and welcome into today's edition of the Burns and Gambo Show here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. My name is Dave Burns, alongside the one, the only, John Gambadero. Hi, Gambo! Burnsy, what's going on? concerned it is. Okay. All right. Yeah. It's my birthday. As far as we're concerned it is. Happy birthday. Thank you. Thank you. Happy birthday. There it is. Yesterday was the big day? Yesterday, 56 years old. Ooh. Can't believe it. 56. 56. Don't feel it, but yeah, 56. Ah. Must be all that M drive that you're taking. I don't I don't know. Like I sometimes there are things that you know you do kind of feel old. Like I always say the first like four steps when you wake up in the morning, the first four steps out of bed. Ouch, ooh, ouch, uh. and then, okay, all right, I'm okay. <laughs> but, like, athletically, I still run as fast and jump as high and pull up. Like, everything I still, athletically, I don't feel like I've really lost anything on a lot of levels. Oh, good. There I mean, go. I don't feel like I have. Then it's a good birthday. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, full disclosure, because yeah. I haven't seen you in, like, practically a week, right? Yes. We did one show together last week, and then you took a day off, and then it was the Thanksgiving break. I'll be honest with you, I almost forgot about it until about 15 minutes ago. So the cake is coming tomorrow. Like, it was it was one of those things where... Oh, a cake? Oh, oh yeah. That'd be wow. a, that'd, oh, there's okay. always a cake. We always nice. do a cake, okay. right? Yeah. Yeah. The bread, nothing bun cake. Nothing bun whatever cake. You okay. want. Yeah, your flavor you choose, right? The, the right, rest okay. of the team can get in on that. But, uh, but yeah, there'll be, a, there'll be a cake tomorrow. Yeah. There'll be a, okay. Yeah, we'll have that. We'll have, we should I have I think cake. I could go red velvet. I think everybody likes red velvet. <laughs> so? That'd, yeah. I think right. I like that. All right. We can do that. But, yeah, I, I, I'm I like, oh, yeah, I haven't seen Gambo in forever. His birthday was on Sunday. Yes, so. it was. Happy birthday. That was, Happy it was, birthday. It was good. It there was good. shall be cake tomorrow. There shall be no cake. <laughs> for, no cake no for you. No cake. You Cardinal players. For Arizona Cardinals. No cake. Burns and Gambo. The weigh-in. Brought to you by Revitalize Weight Loss. Herbert waiting. Takes the shotgun snap. Back to throw. Fires to the right. Caught by Everett for two points in the end zone. The Chargers take the lead 25-24. They did add a little time on the clock prior to that snap. So 15 seconds left and one timeout remaining for the Cardinals who need a miracle. Dave Pash with the call. Yeah, a miracle was not in order yesterday for the Cardinals. 25-24, they lose to the L.A. Chargers to fall to 4-8 and eight on the season. There was never any doubt Brandon Staley was going to go for two. I mean, it was just like it was the most preordained thing ever. There never seemed to be any thought about it. There never seemed to be any deliberation. No. Like, nope, we're going for two. We came here to win this yeah, game. We're going to yeah. win this game. Yeah, it was spent. The Cardinals' defense was spent. I mean, the Cardinals' offense. Listen, the game was lost. With the Cardinals going three straight, three and outs. That's it. End of story. The three straight. Now, you can talk about the drop by uh, McBride or, you know, not picking up the fourth down with Cliff going for it on the pass to Hopkins. I mean, this stuff. You But in the end, they ran. They had three straight series in which they gained a total of 16 yards. That was it. And then they punt the ball out of their end zone as a 20-yard return, as a five-yard tack on pedal. And the Chargers are saying, we got like a minute and 50 left and we're at that 38-yard line. This is going to be like taking candy from a baby. And they did. And they scored. And then they went for two. And you could have, listen, could you have made an argument that 
you know, that you just, you've got all the momentum going, score, tie it. Uh, yeah, I guess so. But you could also say they're re- the Cardinals are reeling. Yeah. They can't stop you. They're tired. Their defense is gassed. They've been on the field for a long time. Yeah, I mean, I could, I think you could make that argument that that it was the right thing to do. It's funny. There were two games yesterday in which there were almost similar ways of going about it. And both other coaches did it differently. In Jacksonville, they went for two. They won the game. Uh, in Cleveland against the Bucks, they went for the tie and they won it in overtime. I, I was watching that play as it happened when Njoku caught the ball in the back of the end zone and Stefanski had a chance to go for two, specifically decided not to, kicked the extra point, tied it, and sent it in overtime. But but what happened at the end, it was almost not that it was irrelevant. We could sit here and talk about Isaiah Simmons, blame it on Isaiah Simmons, and say this, that, or whatnot. The whole game came down to three straight, as you point out, three straight, three and outs in which they gained 16 yards, one of which only trimmed like 30 seconds off the clock. Those three drives combined for about three and a half minutes off the clock. Pick up one first down in that final just one. drive. Just one. Just one. Maybe they don't and maybe get a different yeah. outcome. You know? And it wasted what in some ways was their one of their best played games of the season all around top to bottom. Offensively, I thought they looked really good in the first half. Defensively, for the most part, ran they the held ball really own. well. Pass rush. They had a good pass rush. Yep. Got a bunch of sacks. They so ran the ball extremely well with James Conner. No, right. it, none of it matters. But then in the end, when you need to get some, you need to get a, a field goal. Look, Matt Prater missed a field goal. That could be the difference. Like, there's so many things that could have been the difference in the game. But it really came down to you gave Kyle, Kyle Murray in the offense a chance, and they just couldn't do anything. They went three and out, three and out, three and out. They gave them the ball back each and every time. And the Last time the Chargers managed to get the ball to the 38-yard line. I mean, it's a, a great punt, but it was, a, it was too far. And then you get a 20-yard return, tack on penalty five yards. Like, hey, where are you at your 38-yard line? And they had plenty of time. There's plenty of time left for the Chargers. They didn't have to worry about it. So yeah. Cardinals lose the game. They fall to 4-8. and eight, And this miserable season continues. And what we've said all along is there's still five more games. Yeah. There's still five more games. Five more games. Man, we're going to talk a lot of Suns today. We're going to talk a lot of BSU today. Uh-huh. You know, we're not like, you know, a lot it's... of times it's, you know, the, the show is very heavy Cardinals. Today, we're going to talk about the Suns. We're going to talk about ASU. We'll talk some Cardinals too. But I mean, listen, I mean, it's, this season went to hell in a handbasket very quickly. Yeah, it did. And, and we'll, and, you know, I don't want to get too much into this because we're, we've got kind of a segment built around it later. And while there are still things to watch for, Kyler Murray, and certain guys playing well, certain guys you need to play well going into the season. I mean, we just heard Cliff Kingsbury on these airwaves about 15, 20 minutes ago. If, if you were going to do something with him, today was the day to do it, right? Because you're going into your bye week. That's bye. Such a late bye. It, it, it doesn't, at this point, it just doesn't seem to have a point to do it now. You know, I mean, you've got five games left in the season. If you're going to do it now, it's going to come at the end of the season. But today would have been the day to do it if you were so inclined. And, and I don't want to say, well, you know what? I guess I kind of do. It feels like the season has been basically reduced to, is Cliff going to be the coach of this team a year from now? Is Cliff coaching for his job over these last five games? Can Cliff, you know, does he need to do well in these last five to save his job? Is his job safe anyway? And again, these are all things we're going to get into later, but it does feel like in many ways that's kind of what this season has been reduced to. And, and that's, I, I, I think you're 100% right. It's what everybody's focusing on. What can Cliff do in these final five games to make this fan base want him to come back as the head coach. 
What can they do? Yeah, I mean that's that's the million dollar question. It does feel like that's ultimately what this thing has been boiled down to, and it's just unusual to have so many games left in a season for it to be boiled down to that at this point, right? At least I'll have a yeah. whole month, five games against teams that are fighting for their playoff lives. Yesterday, Chargers had to have that game. Your opponent in two weeks, on Monday Night Football, the Patriots, they have to have that game. The Bucks, when you see them on Christmas Day, they have to have the that 49ers game. The 49ers game may be the meaningless. 49ers, it, it could be it meaningless. Could be. I mean, I don't know. I mean, with, we don't know. with Seattle starting to slow fade a little and bit. And the 49ers defense play oh, rocking right now. Four straight games where they haven't yep. given up a point in the second half. Yeah, you look at that schedule. About the only team left that maybe doesn't have anything to play for is going to be is going to be with the Denver Broncos. I mean, you boy, talk about one and done with their coach. Bye. Bye. I heard a discussion this morning on like, could they even get like on the Keyshawn show? Could they get rid of Russell Wilson after one year? <laughs> Like he's that bad. I tell you, like what. you got like defensive players screaming at him tomorrow. Tomorrow we're gonna eat cake for your birthday. That's a big piece of cake that Denver Broncos would have Man, to eat. I heard this morning on my favorite fantasy football podcast that Jordan Love in half of a fourth quarter scored more points than Russell Wilson. Oh did. Oh my god, that's yeah, yeah, yeah. So for the Cardinals uh, again. It's a shame. And Cliff Kingsbury, we, we all saw what happened, why they weren't able to put it away at the end. Yeah, I'd say all of the above. You know, um, had our chances. I think both teams played well enough to win, and they made the plays at the end, and we uh, unfortunately didn't. But offensively, got it back twice and went three and out. Um, can't do that against a good team. Kyler Murray said it never should have come to that. Yes, it shouldn't have been in a situation. Uh, whole game pretty much like you said kind of kind of had what we wanted um guys our four minute offense execution was uh lost us the game you know defense i don't think they should have been in that position uh we had three chances three drives to put it away and didn't you know and that's a that's that's pretty much the name of the game right there i feel like yeah, I mean, he's right. We had three chances to put the game away. We didn't put the game away. I mean, there's several ways. A parade kicks a field goal, you win the game. I mean, Zayvon Collins holds on to an interception, you win the Like, there are so many things that, look, they, this team invents new ways to lose. This was, this was different. Like, this was, this was a different way to lose. Have the lead, you know, going into the fourth quarter, and then your offense can't do anything, and you, you give up a touchdown and a two-point conversion. That was a new way for the Cardinals to figure out how to lose yesterday. Yeah, it was. It was. Frustrating. It's frustrating. Frustrating, it's, yeah. It's frustrating. Yeah, but you know what? But but then you get like not surprised, not surprised. San, but when the Chargers, Sandy, when the Chargers got the ball with a minute and forty something seconds left at the thirty-eight, did anybody really think the Cardinals were going to win the game? Where we're accustomed to believing that they're going to lose that football game. I was hopeful that they were going to, but you wouldn't. Have, but there is that expectation that they're going to find a way yep. to mess this up. They're going to find I mean, a way. Just, they're just going to find a way. Something's going to go wrong because everything, everything this season has gone wrong. Just about everything this year for the Cardinals has gone wrong. Right? Yep. I mean, you think about how this 2022 year, forget season, year started with the loss to the Rams in the playoffs. The way they did, every subsequent thing that's happened after that. Very little has gone right for this organization. Five and thirteen over the last eighteen games. Five and thirteen yeah, over the last eighteen yeah, games. That's really that's really bad. When we come back, only at ASU can you suffer a tough loss against your rival, only to be a winner by Sunday. I guess that's the question. Did they win? That's next on the Burns and Gambo Show. And Gambo. Afternoons on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.
When you talk about a person and a family that's rooted here, that's me. Sorry I'm emotional, but this is special. This place can be special, and it is special. We're going to hire people who believe in it. We're going to put our hearts into it, right? And we're going to maximize every drop that we can get out of it. Right, and this is my dream job. Dilly dilly. Dilly dilly. Dilly dilly. <laughs> my wife loves dilly bars. Uh, Dairy Queen dilly bars. Uh, it's are, like our favorite. You grew up on them as a kid. Dilly bars. Actually, Crystal likes them too. Dilly bars, Quite yeah. Uh, so we had three different dilly references in a 30 second span Kenny Dillingham, Dilly Dilly from the Bud Light commercials, and Dilly bars from yeah. Dairy Queen. <laughs> what a weekend. No, I Crazy. expect you football, yeah. right? Well, yeah, first of all, you get you get beat by U of A. Yeah. You finish off one of the worst records in the, the history of a very embarrassing season, a humiliating season. I was, I was very happy. Happy that those players got the the win over Washington. At least they have that. Hey, we beat Washington. It was a big win. It was it was fun. I think we got to the point where you realized Sean Aguado wasn't going to be the head coach because the wins and losses just didn't add up to get him that job. Um, now I had gotten wind that the ASU was going to make on Saturday. I tweeted out that look, he's you know he's the front runner, Dillingham. Actually, it's funny. Actually, I actually texted him at like ten twenty five on Saturday morning because I, I I forgot that Oregon was playing Oregon State that day. <laughs> So I texted, I texted him, and he's like, Gambo, I'm on the tram. The bus is headed to kickoff. Let's link up tomorrow. I'm like, okay. <laughs> so I, 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 I texted him. He texted me right back, and he was on the tram with the Oregon team. I'm like, I forgot. I forgot you guys are sorry, playing I'll, right now. Oh, just, yeah. Oh, You're geez. only trying to coach a team into the Pac-12 championship. Oh, like, sorry. Yeah, you know, like, coach, I know you've got a game. Coach. It's all about me. Can you please he's get like, back to me now? Make like, me your priority now, I'm please. on the tram. The bus is headed to kickoff. Wait. Let's Let's just talk tomorrow. I'm like, are, okay. Are, are you saying he was on the train? He was on the tram. The tram, the, the train. Tram. I was ah! yeah, see, what I, see what I Get did on there? the tram. Get on the tram. Get on yeah, the tram. Like, geez, that was terrible. I can't believe I texted you while you were on the tram getting ready for the Oregon, Oregon State. Uh, I'm on the train. <laughs> no. So, no, you know, listen. We're, um, we're putting that stuff to bed, man. That, that just lock, bury that in a chest a hundred Yeah, and this is it. Dilly, dilly. dilly. Maybe the Cardinals will get to this point, too. But ASU needed this season to end. They needed this season to be over. They needed to quickly get to a coach. See, times have changed. Because not only do you have to recruit, you have to recruit your own players now. Yes. You don't think the guys are going to be after Balazs? There's going to be several ASU players that teams are going to go after. So you have to hire a coach quickly now. December 5th, kids can enter the transfer portal. December 5th. you got to be ready to pounce on those players. You also have to get a coach in. You can't wait till mid-December anymore because you have to recruit your own players. So one of the first things that that Coach Dillingham is going to have to do is win over the players that are going to be recruited by by other teams. So so the landscape has changed. ASU couldn't wait till mid-December. You have to do it right. You see all these coaches get hired right now because you have to. You can't wait anymore. Luke Fickle Fickle to to Wisconsin. Rule. Uh, Matt Rule. To Nebraska. Nebraska, you gotta go. Freeze. You gotta go. Hugh Freeze you today got, just got I, the old miss job. You right? gotta go so quickly now because if you wait five days, you you have to recruit your own kids. Now Dillingham's got to come in. He's got to go. To, he's got to win over these ASU players and tell them why you want to stay here and not leave and go somewhere else. Yeah. So um, that is obviously Kenny Dillingham, the offensive coordinator at Oregon, local guy, played quarterback at Chaparral, started as like a grad assistant coach at ASU under. 
under Todd Graham, followed Mike Norvell around a little bit. He's coached some big-time programs. He's young. He's the youngest Power 5 coach he's in all of college football. Years 32 old. years old. I mean, it, that I'm is... Not a, I'm not worried about uh, that. You know what? It's funny. I thought I'm, about it for a while. I'm not worried about I'm it. I'm not that worried about that either. As long as he surrounds himself with enough experience, you know, like guys who sure. have... I, I think as long as he's got a good support staff around him, you have to. I, I don't think it's bad that he's 32 years old. Um, yesterday was the press conference, and I tell you, and you know this about me because we worked together for a long time, I am not a big win the press conference guy. I don't care about the guy who wins the press conference, right? I don't think that that's big of, that big of a deal. Boy, did Kenny Dillingham win that. He won he in a landslide yesterday. He got very emotional. I mean, yeah, Booster standing up, donating a million dollars right there on the spot. You, you've got, you know, Jordan Simone's like, yeah, I'll come out of retirement to play for that guy right now. Can I check and see if I have another year of eligibility? Yeah. You had Sun Devil Nation that was just wired by this guy and how infectious his enthusiasm was for the job. Again, I'm not a big believer in winning the press conference. He nailed it yesterday. Absolutely. And I don't think it doesn't sound like any of it was phony, right? Because oh, he's, no. No, he's, he's truly a local guy who, if you cut him in half, he bleeds maroon and gold, right? And, yep. and that's hired by Todd Graham is what they had to have for this job. Native so, of Scottsdale, coached at Chaparral High School, uh, played out here. I mean, you know, was a graduate assistant, assistant under Todd Graham, worked alongside Mike Norvell, followed Norvell to Memphis. Also went to Florida State and then Auburn and then Oregon. Like, it doesn't seem like somebody with that vast amount of experience can only be 32 years old. No. Does that make any sense? Yes, it does. It does. He was at ASU. He was at Florida State. He was at uh, Auburn. He, like, Oregon. Oregon. And you're 32? He's got a vast amount of experience for a guy that's only 32 years old. So what do we think of it? What, what do we think of the hire, the timing, the program, the circumstances? Was it the right move? Was it the only move? Was it the, the best move? How do we, he how certainly do we judge wasn't, this? He certainly wasn't afraid of the possible sanctions that are coming. Um, he's the, 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 the resume is fantastic. The offensive guy wants the job badly. I mean, time, time will time will play itself out. I mean, I, I would love to see somebody. Listen, here's my goal. Here's my goal for, for Kenny Dillingham. My goal is in the, that in, in the next five years, there's a, there's a power program that, that steals him away from ASU. And I know you're and you know, I've said this before, and I'm going to tell everybody the reasoning why I, I hope to God that one of the top you know, 20 football programs in the country hires him in the next five years because that would mean that he had a hell of a lot of success at ASU. Mm -hmm. And I've said this all along. I've never been here where ASU has had a coach in basketball or football that was so good that somebody else hired him instead of him getting fired. Okay, every coach has always been fired. Lost their jobs because they failed. I would love to see the day when ASU hires a guy that is so damn good at his job that all the top programs in the country say, we got to get that guy. Look what that guy's done at ASU. Oh, my God. He's been in three bowl games in a row. He's got him in the top ten in the country. Like, I hope that he has that much success. Where he gets lured away by somebody else. It's funny, I was I was watching the press conference, the live stream of it yesterday, and I was thinking about that, and I was thinking about you because I know that you always have that wish for ASU's coach, and it's funny in a weird sort of way. It did happen to an ASU coach, happened to Mike Norvell. 
who's all of a sudden having success at Florida State, right? I mean, he's, he's got that program. It's kind of swung around a little bit on him yeah. in a way, right? Yeah. I mean, he wasn't coordinator. The, yeah, but he wasn't the ASU head coach. I no. get that, but he's a guy who left, found his own way, and and it's it's different, but it's kind of the vision of what you want to see, and 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 I would agree. That kind of success is what needs to happen. I think he's got the benefit of time. I really do. I think the sanctions will give him, whenever they come down, will give him the benefit of having a few years to really turn this around. I don't think there's going to be enormous expectations on Kenny Dillingham right away to make this great. The cupboard's bare. The recruiting class is non-existent. They've been ravaged by the transfer portal, right? The, the, the NIL taketh and it giveth away. It's done a lot more taking than it has giving in terms of talent. He's got a lot of work to do, but I think... Coming off the one of the worst seasons well, in the history. Worst season in the history of the program, right. Yes. I think he's got the benefit of time and low expectations right away, which I think will help him because he doesn't have to feel like he has to rush this, and I don't think he will this is rush this. Two things here. This is the worst season for ASU football since 1946. And number two, I think we feel a lot different about this higher than Herm Edwards. With Herm, there was a lot of questions like, really? Like, I don't know that this is going to work. And in the end, it didn't work. But I don't, we, you don't feel that way about this higher. Oh, yeah. When we come back, well, first of all, you can, as always, text us your thoughts on the FanDuel text line. You can text us at 620-620. When we come back, it might be time to turn up the AC, at least for Cliff Kingsbury, because it's hot. That's next. Burns and Gambo. <laughs> the Burns and Gambo need to know. Twitter poll presented by Sanderson Ford. All right. So first of all, we have to welcome Eric back from his hiatus. Hello, Eric. How's it going? Good. How are you doing? Oh, I'm feeling much better. Are you feeling okay? I'm feeling okay. I'm feeling good. Glad to be back. Couldn't so, miss Gambo's day after birthday that yeah. we're celebrating tomorrow. Tomorrow. Yeah. The day after the day after. <laughs> Had to be back. It's got to be a morning after. <laughs> when you put it that way, you, yeah. you sound like just a lousy friend for just no, it's, it's an extended for, birthday celebration. Right. You know, you know, multiple days. You don't think, I mean, I, trust me, as you get older, like the birthdays really, they just don't really mean anything. <laughs> they just don't. <laughs> My wife's redressing me. That's the only thing I got out of the birthday. Completely redressing it. Yeah, like. I'm raising yeah. my hand. Calling yeah. me. Redressing you? Like, yeah, just like uh, like new style. New drip. Like new style. Total oh. new style. No more jeans. No more Nike and under, under Armour shorts and t-shirts. I'm going like all Viore now. Wow. New man. Yeah, like new clothes. Like, I get these pants on now. Like, they really, really like them. These are pretty cool. Like, I like them. So, just re- re- redressing me. I got shirt dressed man from ZZ Top going yes. through. Yes. <laughs> all these I got all these clothes. I got all these like Viore right. shorts. Wow. The shorts you can wear to the gym and wear to work and you actually look good. Fancy so, pants. So like, I'm Literally. getting rid of all of the stuff that I've worn for 40 years. Literally. Fancy. That stuff's all going to be gone so, so now. That's your, that's your birthday present. You're being reinvented. I'm being reinvented. Redressed. Like redressed. New, okay. The new image. Well, Gambo, as you of reinvent your closet, ASU football is reinventing themselves. Oh. I mean, honestly, that was that, that was your finest work. You should probably just leave now, Eric. But all since right. You Have a good one. No, what's the poll question, please? Actually, I turned my mic off. Now i got to run back. Okay, we're, we're grading the Kenny Dillingham hire for ASU. Obviously, a lot of fire and passion. But when you get down to it, A, B, C, or D and below on the hiring of Kenny oh, Dillingham. Oh, man. I, you know, and I, I hate these things because you just don't know. I mean, you don't know. I didn't like the Herm Edwards hire. I didn't either. I didn't like it. We, and it we, proved we, to be true. It, we it wasn't any good. real good. I, I mean, mean, rightfully so. Really 
good. It was, and Sims a bad hire. And then after a couple of years, we thought, okay, we maybe we were wrong. And then no, it turns out we were very right. It was a very bad move. I'm giving this one a solid B. I, yeah, I, I I think that an A an A would have gone to a Matt Rule type or or a Luke Fickle type who had kind of a volume of head coaching proven success at a major college program. So I can't, as much as I, I love the guy's passion, I was about to call him a kid. I shouldn't do that. I love the guy's passion. I just can't give it an A because he doesn't quite have the resume, I think, that demands the A. So I'll give it a solid B. Listen, I think that they, they identified a coach that they liked. They went after him. They got him. There, there wasn't really anybody else that was in in consideration. I'm going to give it a B. I think this one, uh, going pretty high with the ASU fans. Putting the A back in ASU. In fact, 45.9% rolling with the highest grade in second place. 36.1% is B. In third place, 11% is C. 6.4% is D or below. I'm glad that ASU Nation is fired up about it. ASU fans were so fired up about this yesterday, and I'd love to see that. Now let's see if it lasts. Thank you. Eric, that's the poll question. You can find it at Burns and Gambo. One word on Herbert takes the snap. Play fake. Boot to the right. Herbert being chased. Throw right. Caught by Eckler. He hits the pylon. Touchdown. He hit the pylon as he was getting tackled by Isaiah Simmons with 12 seconds left. It is a touchdown because the ball hit the pylon in possession of Eckler and now an extra point away from tying the game. That was Dave Pash with the call yesterday. Following the loss to the L.A. Chargers, Cliff Kingsbury was asked the question, I believe from Josh Weinfuss of ESPN, if he's concerned about his job security. Are you concerned about your job security? Okay. I'm not. I got a five-year deal, fully guaranteed. I don't got to worry about anything. Hey, fire me. I'm not, I don't have to sell my house. I'm good. Um... That type of security allows you to not be worried about your job security. Like if you're in the last year of your deal, you know, he's not worried about it. He got a five-year contract. My understanding, it's guaranteed. So I don't, you know, from that, he's got peace of mind. You get, I'm good. I'm good. Like I, So I think he is not worried about it. Uh, the way other coaches may have been. Remember when he first got the job, he was worried. Oh, did At I buy this time of the first game against right. the Lions? He's Man. like, well, I hope I didn't waste my money on this house. Damn, I, what I, did I do? I also think even if he were worried about it, the last thing he would ever do is admit it. The problem now, is he should be worried about his job. He should be worried about his job. Yeah. That's, the, that's the, the question is, is he worried about it? No, should he be worried about it? Yeah, you should be worried about your job. This is a terrible Cardinal season, an awful season. And there's a lot of blame to go around. And you know me, I mean, I, I do put a lot of the blame on Kyler, probably more on Kyler than Cliff, but Cliff is not blameless in this. Cliff's responsive, number one responsibility is to have one of the best offenses and develop his quarterback and have one of the best offenses in the league. They don't have that. Look, we can talk all we want about how they ran the ball yesterday, and if they score 24 points, this is supposed to be one of the best offenses in the NFL. You had Hollywood Brown, DeAndre Hopkins back yesterday. Like, this should be an offense that puts up 30 on a regular basis and forces teams to go toe-to-toe with them, and they don't do it. So in many ways, it has been a a, a, a failure for Cliff Kingsbury. Yeah, and, and in fairness to the question itself, you can I certainly can understand why the question is being asked right now. Now, it, if it was going to happen, it was going to happen. Today, and we said that at the outset of the show. Like, if, if, but it's funny, last night when that game was done, 
I didn't go to bed thinking, all right, tomorrow might be the day Cliff Kingsbury loses his job. It just it never felt like it was going to happen like that, even though logistically, if you were going to do it, today would have been the day to do it because of the bye week and you've got two weeks to prepare for another guy. A, the contract extension, I just don't think you're going to do it before you've at least given the guy a year yeah. under the contract extension. B, you've got hard knocks cameras, not that they're going to capture any of it, but you've got hard knocks cameras swarming all over the facility. Facility. See, it's so late in the season. I mean, like, normally a bye week, you've got like half the year left, and you could say, well, a new coach could come in and maybe save the season. Maybe you a new coach. The yeah, there's, no, there's no season to save. No season. You're, yeah. four, you're four and eight. You're, there, there's nothing to salvage out of the last five games. So there's really, I mean, as defeatist as it might sound, if we're just being honest about it, there's no point to it. You right might now. as well just see if he could get this thing turned around. You might as well. With the investment you have in him, fire. Him now, I mean, you honestly might just be better off. Like, just see, let's see what he can do in the next five games. Maybe he gets this. Maybe something changes, and we can save this relationship between you know the Cardinals and Cliff Kingsbury. Another thing is, and we have to factor this in. Like, if Steve Kime, who's the general manager, decides to fire the head coach, like. It, you know, it's like that doesn't look very good. No, you doesn't. hired him. You hired the previous coach. And if something happens, I think it'll be more likely Michael cleaning house than Steve firing Cliff and hiring a new coach. 100 percent agree. And, and, and I know you weren't here on Wednesday. So we've got a moment here to talk about it. This Sean Payton thing is interesting in how it kind of looms. I mean, there were some people watching yesterday's game, albeit on social media, and that's not always the best gauge, who was wondering if the the Chargers-Cardinals game was almost like a Sean Payton bowl. Because according to the reports, the two teams that he's been kind of sniffing around maybe are the Chargers and the Cardinals. And you got a Sean Payton type out there? That can be a very interesting temptation, I would think, given his huge amount of success he's had. Two things with Peyton. One, he's going to require a lot of money. He's going to require a lot of control. 100%. And if I'm Peyton, I want to go somewhere where I have a settled quarterback situation. Now, he loved Kyler Murray coming out of the draft, if you remember. He raved about Kyler Murray coming out of the draft. I don't know if you played that sound. Yes, we did. did. So that could be a a reason that he would come. But if he comes here, like, you know, he's going to be in charge. And Michael would have to be willing to give that to him. Uh, All of it to him. I mean, it'd be for old-timers like you and I, yeah. not that we're old, it, it, in some ways it was like, Buddy Ryan, okay, you're in charge. Denny Green, okay, you're in charge. We're giving it, they've done it before, you know, where a head coach comes in and just has crazy amount of power over kind of all of it, and obviously with very mixed or very disappointing results, depending on your perspective. It would require something like that, but that that report kind of really casually linking Sean Payton to the job was the worst thing that could have happened to Cliff Kingsbury, because now everybody wonders, is he going to be the next guy? And that kind of like hangs over all of the two. But I, I the seat is very hot for Cliff. Oh, even on even in the first year of a five year deal, which is why I thought that story that came out over the weekend was really interesting. How they used the last two weeks between Cliff and Kyler to kind of smooth reset. things over, reset the relationship. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, it's like yeah. marriage counseling. <laughs> a little bit, right? A little bit. Yeah. So that is what dominating looks like. Couldn't have come at a better time. Are we going to get more of it starting tonight? That's next on the Burns and Gambo Show. Burn.
Burns and Gambo. Afternoons 2 till 6 on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Burgess loses the ball, gets it in the corner. Somebody better shoot it. Booker will put up a three. No good. Rebound, DeAndre Ayton, and he's got to be fouled. How about D.A.? What can you say? You can say Western Conference Player of the Week. Oh, there now, you go. What you the can Western say. Conference Player of the Week, DeAndre Aiden. Just won that today, as a matter of fact. Just got named Western Conference Player of the Week. Go make, go make an all-star team, D.A. Go make an all-star It'd team. Great. It'd be great. Go I mean, make could, one. Couldn't come at a better time. I mean, the Suns have, what, won five straight games? They still don't have Chris Paul. They still don't have Cam Johnson. They 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 just got Landry Shamit back, they right? They still haven't traded Jay Crowder. They still haven't traded, traded Jay Crowder. He's just sitting there, rotting away on the roster at some point. And this, look, I, this, now that we're at November 28th, basically the end of the month, oh, it's abs- you might as well wait until December 15th now. Right when it comes to Jay, you you yeah. might as well hang out until a third of the league can get traded on December fifteenth. At this point, you've waited this long. You've got the best record in the West. You've got the second best point differential in all the NBA. You've done fine without him. You've done fine without Chris. You, I'd like to see them play a little bit better on the road, and that's where tonight comes in. But as long as and now here's here's the crux of this conversation though. DeAndre Ayton, Western Conference Player of the Week, back to back nights, back to back. Dominating performances. Is this a tease? Is this temporary? Is it? Does it have a sense of permanence to it? I've always felt that the biggest thing is when Chris isn't able to play at a high level that DeAndre needed to be the guy to step up to form the one-two with Book. Nobody else. But DeAndre. Um, but this just does, it just shows you what he's capable of. Yes. But the hardest thing in becoming a great player in this league is doing that on a regular basis. He's capable of it. And yeah, listen, not everybody plays 82 straight games that are great, but like Devin Booker will have 70 games that are really good or great. Can DeAndre Ayton get to the point where 50 of those games are that way? 40 of those games are that way? I love the way he played. He, he was a ferocious. He attacked the basket. He was a monster on the boards, offensive rebounds, defensive rebounds. He was hitting his shots at a high level. He was going up quickly. He was, and physically, you saw a different element to him, too, where he was kind of going into the chest of guys and, and getting fouled, getting to the free throw line. Oh, oh that's... Get to the free throw line, brother, DA. Brother, you're, you, just, you just spoke my language, because to me, of all the numbers that you gave out, the, the one throws? that mattered the most, he was 13 of 16 from the free throw line yeah. in the last two games. Yeah. Yeah. That is not D.A. That, that okay, d- even when D.A. is going well, he'll get to the line three four times. times, four times, right? Seven times? Nine times? Yep. That, to me, is the, and that is a game, very repeatable as far as I'm concerned. Game against the Lakers, 32 minutes, no free throws. Game against Golden State, 32 minutes, no free throws. Yep. Game against Miami, 34 minutes, no free throws. Orlando, 26 minutes, no free throws. That was all this month. This month. Mm -hmm. And then he goes for nine free throws in 16 in two games. Yes. Yes, that's 21 rebounds, 12 rebounds. Listen, he's always been an elite rebounder, especially defensively. And so what happened this year was just mind-boggling to me. And I had talked to the Suns about it, and we talked about his positioning and him being away from the basket more and not having, you know, not having the pick and roll with Chris, you know, that being taken away because Chris was playing a different role and with Chris being out. Well, he had to figure out how to play within the system that they were playing, and he did that in those last two games. Is it sustainable? 
My guess is probably not. My guess is probably not. It's probably not, but it's great. You, you always like seeing back to back games like that yeah, because but, it does show show you what he is very capable but of. Parts of it can be sustainable. The rebounding okay. should be. The rebounding can be. There's no reason DeAndre Ayton can't get 12 boards a night. I mean, there's just there's just not. Like, he should wake up and get 12. Exactly. Of his size and 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 to me the okay is he gonna score? What was it? 29 Saturday night. 28 against the Pistons. Yes, 29 and 28. Okay, I honestly. I don't need that out of him. It's great. I don't think they need that out of him, especially when they get Cam Johnson and Chris Paul back. I don't think they need him to be an elite scorer like that. But I do need him, want him, would love for him to play with that kind of aggression every night where he's getting 12 boards at the snap of the fingers. Where he's getting on the line six, seven, eight, nine times because he's got the body type where if he's willing to do that, he can get on the line. He'll start to get those calls. He's just, it's a mindset with him, and it, it, I want to see more of he it. He continues to play like this. Sean Marks is going to be on the phone saying, hey, about that, like, forget about what I said about DA, about you still want KD? Like, there's going to be like, if he plays like this, there's going to be a lot of teams like, look, I'll take that guy. It's important for the Suns to get a lot out of him because they're paying him a lot of money because they need it. You know, they need him to be that guy. 21 boards, 12 rebounds, dominate games. And now there's a lot of talk about how much he's been in the weight room, how much stronger he is, the, the, the time that he's putting in. He's the first guy there and that he's really working hard. And that's what you want. I mean, that's what you want. You you want to see a guy that wants to be great badly because that gives you know that's half the battle right there is you've got to really really want it, and it does seem like Da does really want to be great. Monty, after the Jazz game on Saturday, uh, DeAndre is going to tell you I'm on him, and this is the reason why I get on him. He'll say something to you guys about how I'm on him all the time, um, but this is why. I mean, you you know what guys are capable of. They may not be able to do it every night but you know we have guys that can not just put up numbers but they can put up numbers that allow you to win games and when you put up monster numbers like that that effectively help you win games like that that is a standard Look, I, I hope it's here to stay. I, I suspect that, like you, it's not necessarily here to stay, but I do think certain elements of it can be here to stay. And and now, tonight, I think a really good test for a Suns team, still without a bunch of guys, yeah, going on the road against a Sacramento Kings team that's lost two games in a row. Their offense has gotten kind of cold the last couple of nights that they've played. Their three-point shooting. There's a lot of talent on that Kings team, and there's a lot of belief that they might have a team their sixth place in the Western Conference right now. Yep. Um, and there's a lot of interesting connections on the Kings team to watch. There's De'Aaron Fox, shoulda, coulda, woulda in the draft. There's Harrison Barnes and the, you know, is it going to be available or not? And, and it doesn't look like he is now. Uh, Sabonis, DeMontis Sabonis, bonus yeah. and whether the trade, how much of that was under discussion, trading DeAndre to get him at the deadline and how that would have... Robin Gentry's of there. Course, of course. Watch, Jay Triano's there. Oh, I forgot Jay was there. Jay Triano. Watching that team will be... It, it, it'll be a little bit of like a shadow of like what could have been, what might have been, right, with certain guys, certain players, certain things. That'll be a fun one to watch at 8 o'clock tonight and let alone the fact that the Suns, for all as well as they've done this year, they have not played well on the road. They have not done away from home. It's been a struggle for them. They're only 2-5, and five, so let's see if they can fix that tonight. When we come back, the plays that resulted in the one-point loss to the L.A. Chargers, Big Red Reacts is next on the Burns and Gambo Show.